Department of Homeland Security and FBI has outlined that domestic terror from white supremacist extremists and affiliated groups is now the largest source of terrorist violence in the American homeland, more than what he calls Antifa and the left, more than Islamic jihadism, more than any other threat. This is the biggest thing. They also say in a report that came out this week that 2019 was the most violent, the most fatal year for this kind of violence since the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. Now, that bombing was the largest mass casualty event on American soil between Pearl Harbor and 9-11. But most people still don't know that this is part of a movement. That bombing was not just a one-off event, but was part of a social movement with deep, broad roots in our society. Today, they foiled a plot by right-wing extremists to kidnap the governor of Michigan. According to the complaint, at least six men were involved in staking out Governor Gretchen Whitmer's vacation home, allegedly planning to kidnap her and potentially use bombs, even blowing up a bridge to keep police away. The state also filed terrorism charges against seven other right-wing extremists in Michigan, members of group who were in contact with the six men who were charged by the FBI. Governor Whitmer has been under attack for months thanks to her swift and thorough response to the coronavirus pandemic in her state. As NBC News reporters Ben Collins and Brandy Zdrozny noted back in April after the president tweeted out, liberate Michigan, extremists took that as a kind of call to arms. Armed anti-COVID restriction extremists even showed up at the state capitol. Remember that? Back in April, they demanding lawmakers lift the lockdown. And according to a Detroit television reporter, at least two of the men charged today were at those protests. Michael and William Null were among the first charged Thursday for their alleged roles in the plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The brothers from Plainwell and Shelbyville are now charged with providing support for terroristic acts on top of weapons charges. Their West Michigan homes raided Wednesday night. I uh, was able to hear them say, FBI, have a warrant for your arrest. Come out with your hands up. A neighbor of William Null spoke with Fox 17 under the condition of anonymity. They witnessed the raid and were shocked hearing what it was related to. I had heard that there was a lot of militia people their right to do so, but um, to the extent that we just found out last night, totally surprised about that. The Null brothers had ties to militia groups and were frequently seen at local demonstrations, including at this rally in protest of Governor Whitmer's stay-at-home order held last May in Grand Rapids. You can see William Null on stage alongside Barry County Sheriff Dar Leaf, a guest speaker at the event. We spoke with Sheriff Leaf Thursday night. Well, I haven't read everything up on it. I've got other duties to do. It wasn't our investigation. So I, I was shocked. I did not see this coming with those guys. But still, uh, we can't convict them in the news media here. They do have a right to a fair trial. Leaf says he doesn't know of Null's alleged involvement in the plot and doesn't have any regrets about sharing a stage with him. Do you have any regrets from being on stage, sharing a stage with the guy who's now being charged in a plot to kidnap the governor? Well, it's just a charge, and they say a plot to kidnap. And you got to remember that are they trying to kidnap? Because a lot of people are angry with the governor and uh, they want her arrested. So are they trying to arrest or was it a kidnap attempt? Because you can still in Michigan, if it's a felony, you can make a felony arrest. And I think it's MCL 764.4, something like that, 0.5, somewhere on there. And uh, it doesn't say if you're an elected office that you're exempt from that arrest. So you know, I have to look at it from that angle 
And I'm, I'm hoping that's more what it is. In fact, these, these guys are innocent until proven guilty, so I'm not even sure if they had any part in it. So what you just heard there was Barry County, Michigan Sheriff Darleaf essentially defending some of the people involved in that plot against Gretchen Whitmer to take her, basically, that was unveiled, you know, broken yesterday by the FBI. What matters here are the words and the conduct of a sitting American sheriff, because that's what's truly terrifying here. That's what's truly concerning here, because without hyperbole, he is defending the people that wanted to take Gretchen Whitmer, and he is also defending their rationale in the process. That's what he's doing. He is defending the plot against Gretchen Whitmer, a sitting U.S. sheriff. Without hyperbole, that's what he's doing. Right off the top, he's providing character witness. The reporters, like we spoke to the sheriff, and he says these guys are are good guys. These guys are you know decent guys. I don't know too much about them, but they seem pretty good. And it's sort of like you know the sheriff himself, a legal law enforcement official, is basically saying these guys are cool, which is you know doing PR work for them. But he's not their defense attorney. He's not their friends or family. He's a sitting. American sheriff, he shouldn't be doing that. And of course, he's right to say that these men are innocent until proven guilty. That's true. But the way law enforcement often talks about people like this, when they're not friends with them, when they don't share stages, when they don't share ideological goals, often when the people involved are not also white, you know, you know, European Americans, is they don't talk about the benefit of the doubt. They don't talk about reasonable doubt. They talk as if the people are guilty. You know, the, the defense attorney, that's their job. Law enforcement will often speak in lockstep with prosecution. They are on the same side. And so it's actually relatively rare from my experience to have a police officer speak as if they are a defense attorney. That's that's telling me that he is in lockstep with them, that the Null brothers are on his team and he is on their team. That's what he's doing here. But the most egregious part of this, the most egregious, without a doubt, of course, is how he basically tries to say, well, we don't know what this is. We need a full investigation. You know, but it could have also been that they were just planning to do like a citizen's arrest because in Michigan, if somebody, you know, is suspected of doing something, you know, illegal or what have you, the citizens have a right to do it. And just because you're an elected official doesn't mean that you're above a, a citizen's ability to arrest you. And that is so dangerous because what he's doing, whether what he's saying is true by the letter of the law in Michigan, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a law enforcement official in Michigan, so don't quote me on that, whether or not it's legal. In the context of what he's saying is, well, look, what the FBI is saying that they did, maybe they weren't trying to do that. Maybe they were really just patriots trying to arrest a governor that they felt was doing something illegal by stealing their liberty and by stealing their freedom. And, you know, maybe this is all a big misunderstanding. And maybe what they were trying to do was just, you know, hold the governor to account for her awful actions. And these guys are actually just acting as dutiful citizens trying to protect you know the, the the regular folks of Michigan against an overbearing governor from the big city and it's just so goddamn awful 
Because again, whether that's legal or not, this is a sitting U.S. sheriff making character and motive excuses for men that wanted to take the governor against her will. This shows that the police, if not in total, then certainly the vast majority have picked their side and they've taken the side with people like the Nulls. They are not in favor of law and order. They are in favor of promoting an ideology that is fundamentally anti-democratic in nature. They are not the friends of regular, good, decent American people. They're with the bad guys. I'd like to begin with what we just heard uh, with this sheriff, local sheriff uh, in Michigan. Uh, What was your reaction to that? No, this, as many parts of this story, uh, harkens back to a much longer history of white power movement and militia activism that gives us a roadmap for understanding this onslaught of what seems like just a crazy amount of news in the present moment. Um, Here we have a local sheriff who is defending the right of a militia to enforce the law in some capacity. Now, all 50 states have laws on the books against exactly this. Militias are not allowed to do the work of policing. They are not allowed to do the work of law enforcement or soldiering in any of our states. And some states have additional restrictions against things like parading in public with firearms, um, intimidating with weapons or conspiracy to deprive others of civil rights um, through intimidation, say, at the, the polling place. We also have a long history of people at the level of local sheriff and these kinds of movements um, supporting this kind of action. In fact, there's a long string of action around a group called Posse Comitatus, which believes in no legitimate law enforcement higher than the level of local sheriff. So there's a way that this all fits within this longer history and this longer playbook of white power and militia activism. Uh, As you were speaking, Professor, uh, on the screen, we saw photographs of this sheriff at rallies with some of these defendants. He, and it's up there on the screen again, uh, showing you just how powerful the overlap is. He's friends with some of these people. Uh, the distinction between uh, the accused and this sheriff is not so clear tonight. I think the distinction is that the sheriff is a law enforcement officer and the militias are not. Now, whether that sheriff is exercising his duty is a different question, and we have safeguards around that. But there's no safeguard around militia activity in this way beyond the actual prosecution um, under the law. But we've seen several incidents nationwide of militia members being treated as sort of neutral arbiters of the law or neutral um, guarantors of law and order um, in various situations where they have led to harm. One might think of the um, the reports of militiamen holding protesters for arrest in Portland. Um, one might think of the militiamen who were so heavily armed around the Unite the Right rallies in Charlottesville that Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe said he couldn't send in police to protect counter demonstrators because they were outgunned. I mean, these groups are never neutral. They are always part of intimidation and violent threat. And some of them, as we see this week, stray further along that path towards domestic extremism and and domestic terror. Now, the plot to kidnap the the Michigan governor is not new. Um, These sorts of ideas about kidnapping judges, state troopers, federal agents, elected officials, and holding them for trial. And I should note that for trial, although it's not clear in this case, in the past, 
for trial was thought to mean for trial by hanging or via oak tree. Um, so there's a, a very real chance that what they meant by that was not just trial, but execution. Um, these, these kinds of things have appeared to us many times in the past. The militia of Montana sought this kind of strategy, and so did other um, white power groups like the Order earlier in the 1980s. We've been with this movement for decades, if not generations, and the question is, why is it still here? Why have we, as a, as a society, not confronted this threat? Uh, what is your reaction to Governor Whitmer saying that she believes that Donald Trump has been encouraging this threat? I think that's right. I think even in the most generous interpretation of what the president has has said in the last, you know, weeks, months and years, just take the example last week of the debate and the Proud Boys comment. It's possible, I suppose, in the most generous interpretation that he meant to tell that group to stand down, but he didn't say stand down. He said stand by. And a whole bunch of activists, not just the Proud Boys, but people in militias, people in white power groups and elsewhere, have been effectively called to arms by the president's comment. And it's not just me that says this, not just historians. His own Department of Homeland Security and FBI have outlined that domestic terror from white supremacist extremists and affiliated groups is now the largest source of terrorist violence in the American homeland, more than what he calls Antifa and the left, more than Islamic jihadism, more than any other threat. This is the biggest thing. They also say in a report that came out this week that 2019 was the most violent, the most fatal year for this kind of violence since the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. Now that bombing was the largest mass casualty event on American soil between Pearl Harbor and 9-11. But most people still don't know that this is part of a movement. That bombing was not just a one-off event, but was part of a social movement with deep, broad roots in our society. Really going deep to this um, political space. Um, you know, reading a lot of history, trying to understand how systems work, um, not getting caught up in anybody's rhetoric, but looking for my damn self um, and just trying to figure out why we continue to, you know, flounder at the bottom. You know, what is it? And what I found is that there's systems in place, as we all know. It ain't because, you know, we ain't doing what we supposed to do as black people because, of course, we all can do better. You know, there's shit that we need to do to clean up our cells and our community. But besides that shit, the system is fucked up. It's, it's just designed totally and not only designed but there's a dedication to keeping us at the bottom of this country um, and I don't know if we can count on any parties to get us about the shit to be honest um so we are going to have to do a lot of things different as a black community. Um, we have to pool our resources 
we have to think about ourselves. You know, we love all the other races of the world, but at some point we got to figure out how do we get ahead because everybody's on top of us but us um, or everybody's on top of us. And the shit ain't going to work. We ain't going to survive this the way it's going. It's just designed that I, I can't see the future. So we ought to change this shit. Um, everybody's been mad at me because I haven't been on the, the fucking, um, you know, the gravy train of, of these candidates, you know, especially Joe Biden and Harris, you know. I don't, I don't trust none of them. No president has done right by us. So I don't, I don't, I don't trust none of them. So putting our you know, hopes and dreams behind any of them just don't work. We gotta make them do what we want them to do. And there's only a few ways to do that. Now, I've been making contacts, trying to you know, talk about these real issues, you know. Um, you know, straight up, I believe the the Democrats have, they've been nice, you know, they've been um, cordial, so to speak. You know, I don't, I don't really see them pushing their policies in, in any different direction. You know, they're still talking this minority, minority, people of color shit uh, that don't necessarily include us, that don't necessarily include black Americans, especially um, descendants of slaves. Um, Ados, American descendants of slaves. That don't, that, that ain't specifically us. It's everybody. We ain't gonna get shit. Because when you look around, everybody hates us. So we still at the bottom of that. Um, so, you know, I think the Democrats, they, you know, they got every black celebrity and shit on their team. So they just figure, you know, Tell Kira to shut the fuck up and vote. And so, I ain't gonna do that. You know, I'm gonna push the program. We got a program, I'm pushing it on everybody. Um, we also met with the Republicans and shit. They, they brought us in, we talked to them. Um, they, they moved their agenda a lot because of what we said. Um, you know, they put $500 billion on the table and you know, but who knows, you know, who knows what's going to really happen, you know. Um, I just know when I'm going to win. And I don't know if it can really matter to us. We got to just push whoever is in there because ain't nobody really solved our problems. Um, you know. People say we can't take another four years of this. And black people, we could take anything, shit. Um, I mean, Joe Biden, um, you know, the Democrats, I believe they owe us. Um, will they do right by us at the end of the day? Who knows? Um, you know, I think the plan they have is 
is, is you know, they're doing a lot when it comes to safety and police and all this shit, but, you know, that dough is thin. Everybody's money is thin. We're not going to get no respect in this country without the cash. We ain't gonna get no respect in this country without having money in our community. It just ain't gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. So, everybody could be mad at me, pissed off at me. You know, I don't give, you know, hey, y'all know what it is. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the truth. I ain't about to be part of nobody program. Ain't nobody gonna, you know, Get me to back down. Um, and if y'all don't want to hear the truth, then that's your, you know, that's kind of a personal problem. Because um, I'm going to keep spitting it how I see it, you know, and I think the problem is we a little too one-sided and we need to hold everybody to the fire and make sure everybody do what they're supposed to do when it comes to black people, not get caught up in a whole lot of white people business. We need to worry about our own, what's going on with us. And um, and then when we get what we gotta get, then we'll, you know, welcome everybody. But we gotta make a decision and we gotta push people to do something to do something big and do it right now. Thank you.